Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are excited to be back for season four with our first recap of episode one. The Netflix bio for this episode is, after returning from a summer of backpacking through Europe, Rory and Lorelai frantically prepare for Rory's move to college. An eventful episode. <laughs> it was, and we are also returning after an eventful summer ourselves, so it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I always like when our lives align with the show in some way. What have you been up to this summer? I've been up to a lot. So as you all know, I finished my PhD in the spring and I graduated and I finally got a job Woo! and it's in New Mexico. So I moved across the country and now I am working a new job. So <laughs> congratulations. It's exciting. Yeah, it's busy summer. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any summer news? Yes, I have finished my proposal for my dissertation. So I'm officially Mm -hmm. in my dissertating phase and hopefully we'll only have a couple more years before I also have my PhD and go out into the world. I am still in the cornfields for now (laughs) (laughs) and maybe I'll remain in the cornfields. I don't know. Um, But in personal news, I am engaged very much like when... Logan proposed to Rory except that I said yes and that I had also been dating this person for five years rather than a short college relationship like those two so it is fun it's fun you know to have personal stuff not just academic stuff Mm -hmm. taking up my life so it's good (laughs) yeah good to have a good balance Mm -hmm. very much but I'm you know most excited probably to be back um, watching Gilmer Girls and talking about Mm -hmm. it with you (laughs) yeah it's been so long And I wanted to ask you, we've done three other season openings Mm -hmm. now. What did you think about this one in comparison with the other three? You know, I feel like this might be the strongest season opener. I hesitantly say, yeah, (laughs) I, I, um, I really enjoyed it. You know, I also find myself remembering really fondly season three as well. Mm -hmm. And they're both sort of this whole like a summer has gone by sort of premise and like where are we now and what's coming up. And they're both like kind of on the precipice of big things where it was like senior year applying to college and now it's going to college. Um, Whereas like season two was just like a day later and the pilot was Mm -hmm. the pilot, you know. Um, So... I don't know I just really I really liked it and we can talk about it in more detail about like what I liked but I feel like it's a good season opener how about you Mm -hmm. I also really liked it I thought I don't know it's interesting because in itself there was pretty much no drama in this episode it was all just kind of little town vignettes and stuff Mm -hmm. I mean there was like the Emily stuff but it did somehow still set up everything that's gonna happen this season like we get their recap of backpacking, but then all of a sudden it's going to Yale, so we know that's happening soon. The renewal of tension with Emily and Richard and Friday night dinners, yeah. and then the weird stuff with Luke. <laughs> so we know that there's going to be some interesting stuff, even though the episode itself was pretty, I don't know, kind of mundane stuff mm-hmm. for them, which was also was nice, you know. Yeah, that's I think it was kind of, of like the, the joy of the mundane almost. Is Mm -hmm. kind of the space that we were in for the episode, as well as, like you said, like, they really touch on most of the central plot lines they followed in the final episode of the last season. So even though time had passed, like, in our lives and in the season, it Mm -hmm. felt so familiar really quickly to me. And I did check, and, like, these seasons were airing very, like, and a steady pace you know the last one ended in may oh, yeah. and then this one began in september so it was very much like following the real world like oh only a summer has gone by <laughs> irl and in the show so i felt like those elements were working for me yeah back in the day when tv shows aligned with the real world <laughs> time sensibility <laughs> i know now like a lot of shows i feel are moving back to like They're kind of Mm -hmm. letting go of the binge model that Netflix brought upon us and like embracing the week by week once again. And I find like 
I really enjoy that model more. There's just so mm. much more time to think and talk about it. I could be biased as a podcaster, but... <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, with a seasonal show, you get to have, like, Halloween episodes mm. and stuff like that that, I mean, you can force into an, a <laughs> season that's released all at once, but it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, plenty more to say as we get into things. I... I'm happy to segue us into our talking fast portion of the episode. Okay. So our talking fast segment, for those of you who might be unfamiliar, is a portion of our show where we attempt to recap the podcast. I mean, sorry, we attempt to recap the episode in 30 seconds or less in an homage to our favorite fast talkers (laughs) and the title of our podcast, the irony, of course, being that we are not that fast of talkers, but we like to try. (laughs) We like to embarrass ourselves for fun, you know. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) this week, Suzanne is going first, so I will be timing. Okay. Let me pull up my time. Very rusty. Yeah. Well, if I was ever ever smooth at this, (laughs) I'm now rusty. I think there's probably like brief moments in every season where we had a surprising smooth moment, but it's mostly fiction. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. So Rory and Lorelai have just gotten back from backpacking across Europe, and they have souvenirs for everybody that they have to hang, hand out around town. Surprisingly, they forgot one for Luke and for Kirk, which I think are huge oversights. Um, they also find out that they thought they had a week before Yale, but it's only a day, so they have to do everything. And there's a Friday night dinner, and Emily holds Rory hostage, and Luke got married and divorced while well, he's getting divorced. And, um, yeah, I think, oh, there's this uh, soda shop. <laughs> that was <laughs> I good. I was doing well for a little while, and then the last couple seconds. Yeah, Okay. that was good. Let's see. Are you prepared to go? I believe so. <laughs> okay, ready, set, go. We are back from a summer of backpacking. Lots of souvenirs to pass around town. We also see Suki, who is pregnant, and... Uh, we meet Luke, who is coy, but then later on reveals he is engaged and then hoping to get divorced. Meanwhile, Emily and Rory have a Friday night dinner. Lorelai doesn't go, which causes drama. They watch ballroom dancing. Um, what What else? What else? Um, they missed the day for orientation. Yeah. <laughs> Got the whole premise of the episode. <laughs> we are rusty <laughs> it's all good you know but i think we did all right we're like all a, considered. just a rusty car that is old mm-hmm. but beloved <laughs> i don't know yeah reliable mm-hmm. it is reliable that we'll do something strange in our th- <laughs> talking fast segments <laughs> agreed yeah <laughs> should we slow down and get into things yes i wish i could describe this opening scene in Babette's voice (laughs) (laughs) because I was thinking like what is the way to open a whole season like not only is this episode a season opener but the first scene is like the opener of the whole thing and last time we had that dream of Lorelai where it was like is it real no it's not real this opening is a lot more kind of like the whole like not quite like in media res or whatever, where you're like just thrown into the middle of events. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's kind of like a mundane thing, like getting back after a day of traveling when you're so tired and they run into Babette when they really just want to like be <laughs> sleeping. And her iconic voice is just at its highest volume. <laughs> as yeah. She is like so worried that they're late. She had their itinerary from Rory and she's screaming back to Maury and then she's in the house still screaming to Maury. Like it was just really, it was really delightful. (laughs) She's also apparently been calling consulates because they've, they're a couple of days late Mm -hmm. as Lorelai explains because they went to Ireland to stock Bono, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting choice. (laughs) I think they had a different (laughs) reputation in the early 2000s. Yeah. It was before they put that album on everyone's iTunes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I remember Bono, U2 was huge back in in the day, you know. (laughs) But yeah, Babette's been calling consulates, which is a sketchy thing to do now. (laughs) Now Lorelai and Rory are being looked for by multiple foreign agents, Mm -hmm. which is not great. No. They do manage to finally kind of... uh, 
give her the hint that they are tired and she leaves. She was making them hot cocoa, though, which I thought was very sweet, Mm -hmm. even though her voice was probably hard to listen to when they were like about to fall asleep. Yeah. But it was very nice. And after that, Lorelai and Rory both kind of show how much they missed home. Rory is hugging all of her clothes. I love that. (laughs) Lorelai is hugging a pillow on Rory's bed. Yeah, it felt very true to like coming home after a long trip where you just want familiar feels and smells and everything yeah I love how she like talks to sweater she's like I had a dream about you and then to the other clothes and you were there and you were there very um the Wizard of Oz illusion there and then Lorelai said she's gonna go to shower and leave Rory alone to make out with her sock drawer (laughs) Rory says hello boys to the drawer which was very hilarious to me I did have a question for you. As they like head into this scene, Rory says she always unpacks right after a trip and Lorelai says she doesn't. The question is like, do you unpack right away after a trip or does it take you some time? It kind of depends on like when in the day I get home. Mm. If it's like afternoon, then I'll at least like throw some things in the laundry basket. (laughs) But I definitely don't unpack everything that night. I usually still have things like my suitcase laying out a couple days later. Yeah. You know, (laughs) what do you do? Yeah, I regret to say I am not like the unpack immediately person. I got back from our anniversary trip on Sunday, which was like two days ago at this point, and my suitcase is still out in the middle of our living room. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like not even in the bedroom. So um, I don't know. I aspire to be like Rory, I suppose, in this way. (laughs) I mean... Probably after backpacking through Europe for, it seems like they were gone for at least a month or more. Yeah. I'd imagine all of their stuff in those backpacks smells terrible Mm -hmm. and like needs to be taken out and washed as soon as possible. (laughs) Yeah. So if I was in that position, I'd probably be a bit speedier about unpacking. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of these backpacks, the next morning they are like they've gathered all of the souvenirs and they're laying them out, planning how to get them to all of the different people. They're planning their final week before Yale. And I'm just looking and thinking, like, how are we supposed to believe they fit all of this stuff in those I backpacks? Know. Are they Mary Poppins backpacks? <laughs> I know. Plus all of their, like, regular clothes and things. Yeah. I can only suspend my disbelief so much, you know? <laughs> and it's not like they showed back up out of the airport van with, like, huge shopping bags in addition to their backpacks which would make a bit more sense but yeah uh, a bit unrealistic yeah (laughs) also unrealistic that they actually just bought souvenirs for everybody that's so expensive truly yeah but once they have uh laid everything out Lorelai has been calling all the consulates to let them know that Rory and Lorelai are safe and not to worry after Babette's calling and They head into town to start giving away the souvenirs. They've also got these bags of biscotti, which will come up a couple of times in the episode. And they seem to be like, I don't know, the their idea is that it's kind of like a romantic, uh, not like in love romantic, but like a romanticized version of a day to be walking around, see something and just be eating biscotti, you know, (laughs) which is what they do. When they go to my Stars Hollow moment, which is they pass uh, Taylor's new soda shop and Luke and Taylor are in there like screaming at each other because Taylor has put an entire window in between his and Luke's shop, which I think this is another like suspend your disbelief because there's no way that Luke hadn't noticed that this window is going up before this. Like it takes... It doesn't just take 15 minutes to break down a wall and put a window up. I know. Like, in theory, maybe, like, Taylor did it while he was gone on the cruise. Hmm. But that timeline yeah, doesn't so. really add up because we're, we know Luke has been back for longer than yeah. Lorelai and Rory. So he wouldn't have just seen that on that day, you know? But, yeah. yeah. So spend <laughs> the disbelief at, at the absurd idea that he would install this in the first place like it's not Mm -hmm. a thing like it's not a thing (laughs) it's so weird and for our new listeners our stars hollow moments are little nominations we give to moments throughout the episode that are like quintessentially stars hollow often they'll be 
something about the Stars Hollow townspeople or just mm-hmm. something that like could only happen in Stars Hollow. Yeah. And I feel like when Rory and Lorelai take out their biscotti to watch this scene, they are also giving it a Stars Hollow moment. <laughs> like saying that this is quintessential Stars Hollow. So let's enjoy it. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And they can also be about like the aesthetic or the mood of the town mm-hmm. as well. The very like whimsical gazebo, that type of thing as well. Um, this scene did have me wonder. I feel like a few people or at least maybe TikToks I've seen have been about like Luke having an anger problem. And this scene had me like wondering about that. Like, is his reaction like out of proportion? Um, Because he's definitely like yelling quite a lot. And then he's like rummaging through all the candy and kind of like exploding on Taylor. But then on the flip side, this is like a truly outrageous thing that Taylor has done. So I feel like, his reaction is fairly warranted, but mm-hmm. I guess this is something I'm going to like look out more for as the seasons go on is like Luke's anger. Cause I feel like we do like think a lot about like, does Lorelai have ADHD or like different mental things like that with other characters? So I don't know. Like, I just want to see is Luke like way too angry? <laughs> yeah. Or does he just like not know how to express his anger in a yeah. useful way? But also like, Taylor is extremely hard-headed, so yeah. I could see how Luke would get as angry as he does with Taylor. But I, yeah, that's a good point to keep an eye out for, because there are definitely some scenes that come to mind where he's, like, kind of explodes, you mm. know? Or, like, is it that it becomes his only, like, one of his major personality traits is just, like, oh, he's yeah. that angry guy. <laughs> yeah. Also, In this scene, though, I do have to, like channeling his rage into sticking his hands into all the candy barrels I think is of all the ways to channel your rage like a pretty uh harmless one I know that Taylor's upset because now there's possible like contamination but they all were wrapped so Mm -hmm. I mean yeah I don't know but I don't want to also make excuses for somebody who might having anger issues I think it was funny as well I also think it probably would have been fun to film (laughs) yeah ah (laughs) going for the candy Uh, poor taylor Mm -hmm. but also don't don't break people's walls and put windows in (laughs) there also poor luke for another reason at the end of the scene Mm lorelei realizes they forgot to get a souvenir for luke even though they got one for like andrew and for miss patty and all these other people that they mention and their Mm -hmm. reason is that they had been looking for him, but nothing was ever good enough. And then they just ended up not getting him anything. Like, what do you think about that reasoning or what happened? I, I can definitely understand not finding the perfect thing for somebody. But I also want to tell them that you don't need to get a souvenir for everybody. Yeah. Maybe if you, like, come up with a tier of friendships. I know that sounds bad, but, like... Just get souvenirs for your family and, like, the top-tier friends like Luke and Suki. And then you'd also avoid the awkward scene with Kirk later because Kirk definitely needed a present. That was very rude to not have something for him. But I don't know if you can't... Maybe they just shouldn't have gotten souvenirs for anybody except (laughs) Emily and Richard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I think the whole thing of like Luke didn't get them a souvenir either so in the end Mm -hmm. it's not such a big thing but I and I also think about like Luke isn't like really much of a gift giver that much he's more of like a doing things for people thing so I don't know it's weird I would if somebody said they didn't give me a souvenir after coming on a cruise that's so understandable like what would you buy them Uh, (laughs) well they go into like glass places right (laughs) Yeah, like stop at yeah. islands and things. I guess he did go through like seven countries like that. I don't yeah. remember what he said exactly, but still. <laughs> Maybe it's a metaphor mm-hmm. um, for something. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, after after they've decided or figured out that they didn't get anything for Luke, they go quickly to avoid him and end up at Suki and Jackson's house, which has a cute scene. Suki comes running out and she is more pregnant now. And Jackson is, like, bodily trying to protect her from touching people or being, like, interfered with. It was very cute. Um, But they go inside and uh, Lorelai's asking about, you know, the baby and stuff. And 
Suki is about to tell her what the baby's gender is. And we find out that Jackson has these buttons that says that say he does not want to know the sex of his baby. <laughs> and they reminded me of like in the fourth Harry Potter books, the like uh, anti-Harry badges that people wore. <laughs> yeah, I actually nominated the pin for my Lorelai's closet moment which is our nomination for our favorite fashion moments of an episode. And I just love the touch of like, he is so dedicated to not knowing that he's gone so far as to produce a pin, an accessory that then he has like a little basket of them. And he gives one to Rory when she agrees to be (laughs) on like his side of not wanting to know the sex. So I can only hope he's been going around town, like seeing if anybody else like, once a pin and then later on they also do the whole team Lorelai or Luke thing do they have pins Mm -hmm. for that or is it a color they have ribbons Ribbons. like different colored ribbons yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so I also remember the previous season there was a button that was like really really long I don't remember what saying was on that I think it was something Taylor related as well yeah but I just love that like the attention (laughs) to detail for these quirky little things that are is like a pin. Like as an actor, I would love to just take that home with me, you know, as like a little souvenir. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be a fun thing to make it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Little pins. So, yeah, um, I liked the whole little bit where Jackson is describing that he wants to go old school and he persuades Rory to be on his side. And I kind of like related to Rory when she came in mm-hmm. and like didn't want to rub Suki's belly even though Suki encouraged her to and Jackson apparently hasn't been into that either and he says hey I'm gonna like it when it comes out like (laughs) I just relate so much to treating like pregnancy as if you're growing an alien until proven otherwise yeah, <laughs> like it's really <laughs> such a weird thing when you think about it um so I like that they were kind of exploring that in the scene <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like later on when Suki's having babies and I guess we kind of saw it when Sherry was having the baby like Rory is a bit squeamish around babies and pregnancy which I fully fully understand yeah I would not be comfortable also like I just don't want to be rubbing people's bellies (laughs) I remember when my my sister was pregnant and I did like touch her belly at one point it was so confusingly like soft and hard at the same time Mm -hmm. It's just, like, bizarre, and it's so, like, yeah. it wasn't like that before. It's not going to be like that later, but, like, right now, ugh, it's, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's definitely alien. <laughs> yeah. I will just say the small thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, even though I think Jackson is being silly about all of this, as he is talking about the whole, like, oh, men used to just go and pace and wait in a suit Welcome to 1954 when Roy joins him. Like, it's funny, but it also reminds me of his four and four idea. <laughs> you know, it's oh, like yeah. kind of these like he calls it old school, but like it's patriarchal ideas, you yeah. know, like distanced from the act of childbirth. Yeah. yeah. And you just yeah. receive like the gift of the baby at mm-hmm. the end. So all in all, I think it was highly funny, but with like an asterisk of like, I still haven't forgiven you <laughs> for the four and yeah. four thing. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Jackson. He's such a strange character. I wonder if he was like a stand in for Amy Sherman Palladino's view on, or maybe Rory more is in this scene, the like uncomfortableness around pregnancy. Or maybe some Daniel Palladino. Mm-hmm. I don't track the directors very closely, but I do know it's like a thing I've heard on like Gilmore Guys or some other people we've talked to. Like it does come up where like a lot of the like problematic episodes can sometimes be Daniel Palladino's where it's just kind of like off color humor or something yeah. like that. Um, so I don't know. But I think a- I think ASP always directs the opener, I think. Yeah, I would kind of assume that. I mean, it's got to make a big impression. Right, right. But regardless of Jackson's views on this, <laughs> Suki has fully committed to knowing the gender of the baby. So she takes Lorelai out and she has filled their shed full of blue paraphernalia, which, of course, with gender <laughs> that uh, means blue stereotypes, I mean, that means it's a boy. <laughs> the sex is blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff in there was cute. is like comfy chairs and stuff like that. But they sit down and Lorelai strangely 
like we don't we don't often see her do this with Sookie, but she asks Sookie about Luke. It was and not whether that Luke subtle. ended up going on the cruise. Yeah, it was very like and it's it makes so much sense why Sookie and everybody else sees the Luke and Lorelai thing coming from a mile away because mm-hmm. Lorelai is over there like asking kind of in a coy way, like you would ask about a crush at school, <laughs> what Luke has been up to. So yeah, she didn't hide it very well. Yeah, and it had even come up earlier in the episode when they start walking about town and they talk about him going on vacation and Roy says he seems to like Nicole and Lorelai kind of just says sure and brushes it off and then paired with like her bringing it up here I I I I almost like enjoy or appreciate that they're being a little heavy-handed with this because they did that in the finale as well and we talked about like it felt a little out of left field like they hadn't been pursuing that as much in the second half of season three so I'm like at least they're being consistent with the tone that they were setting in the final where Luke has that like dream about Lorelai telling him not to go and all so they're kind of like picking up where they left off leaning into the Luke and Lorelai thing which then makes it all the more weird that the um, Jason thing happens in the season I'm fairly sure <laughs> within my foggy memory so it's a very mixed bag with like the will they won't they thing that they pursue it's very yeah. hot and cold <laughs> it really is <laughs> well the Jason stuff is coming but by the end of the season right they at least have their first kiss it's like, did they just decide, like, it's a little too soon for our, mm-hmm. like, um, end game couple to be together? So let's just throw in yeah. one last love interest. <laughs> yeah, and you can't have Lorelai being the one waiting around for Luke to get out of a relationship. It has to be the other way around. Right. <laughs> so that means Lorelai needs to get into a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see more about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so after this, they Laura they split up. Lorelai goes to Luke's, and they have gotten some jam from Suki and Jackson's cupboard. Lorelai has this whole weird, tragic story for the jam that it's like, uh, I don't know, kind of uh, rags to riches type of story for the jam maker. She makes like three <laughs> jars a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But when she gets, she gives it to Luke and Luke like immediately knows it's not, you know, it's not a real thing from France. And Lorelai still attempts to tell him the story, but it gives up and says that it's from Suki and Jackson. And he's just like, yeah, I, I knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, during all this, he's also still being kind of cagey and like avoiding giving any information about the cruise. He just says that it was fine. Yeah. Leaving us in. Right. I thought he looked a little more tan as well. Maybe he got some sun Hmm. on the cruise. Because I was thinking like Rory and Lorelai look very similar. Um, Like unlike season two and three, I feel like there was a change between three and four. I thought they looked quite similar. But I thought Luke looked slightly tanner. But I could just be like imagining it. (laughs) Overanalyzing. Yeah. It wasn't as obvious to me as season two Dean showing up oh my god super tan with his surfer like, boy shell necklace <laughs> yeah hilarious uh, we haven't seen dean yet no yes. oh dean married man maybe he's on his honeymoon oh yeah that's true he's married <laughs> oh well weird speaking of dean he dated rory and rory <laughs> is in the scene perfect Great transition <laughs> uh rory is supposedly on her way to give Lane her gift, but we never see Lane either, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate. Very sad. But Rory does run into Kirk, who is putting up posters announcing that Rory is the ice cream queen for the grand opening of Taylor's shop. And not too surprisingly, Rory is upset about this. She knew nothing about this, and they're using that photo of her that I think they used as well for the whole... Uh, video shop storyline about (laughs) like censorship (laughs) it almost looks like a mugshot or like a A driver's license picture yeah yeah (laughs) and they've just photoshopped like a crown on her it's very it's funny looking um so she goes in to confront taylor and taylor is like instructing all of his new employees to do like the taylor twist or tip or whatever when they present it and like 
I, it's very, they're in unison, like copying his instructions. It's very much like training troops almost. <laughs> yeah. He also had some like weird innuendo about balls the, and yeah, uneven about nuts. The balls and, yeah. <laughs> that feels like a Daniel Paladino joke to me. I don't yeah. know. Maybe he, they are co writers, I suppose. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so he gives Rory some ice cream on the house, which looks very fake, but is my gotta taste test nonetheless. I still want to eat it. Um, Yeah. This doesn't really fix things for Rory, though. She says she can't be the ice cream queen. She's too busy. And she just can't wear that simple sage-colored floor-length dress for the grand (laughs) opening that he wins. (laughs) And um, she says, I'm going to pass on this one. And then Taylor proceeds to, like, really guilt trip her. And he's like, you're going to pass on this one? And he says, like, oh, you're so... You're Yale now. You're not Stars Hollow anymore. You belong to the Ivy Leagues. I'll see you on the quad. Like, he is giving her (laughs) such a hard time. But I do, like, respect that Rory stood up for herself and Mm -hmm. said no, said she does not have the time. And later on, she mentions, like, maybe I could have done it if you had asked me, but you never asked me, which has happened before in her life where people just don't ask her things, like the whole Mm -hmm. Yale visit thing. Um, so I'm glad to see her standing up for herself at this point. Yeah, I thought the same thing. We have seen her, like, there is a version of Rory where she would would have just done this. Yeah. And been miserable the whole time and missed out on time with Lorelai, but glad she did. Mm-hmm. And stood up to Taylor's ridiculous diatribe. as a cat. <laughs> <laughs> While the summer is ending soon and the Yale move-in day approaches, you need to make the most of these last warm, sunny days. And nothing is better for this weather than ice cream. So you'll definitely want to come to the grand opening of Taylor's old-fashioned soda shop and candy store and be delighted with a special appearance by the ice cream queen, Stars Hollow's own Rory Gilmore. This grand opening will feature free ice cream, balloons, music, and even a glitter hand stamp. Stick to the end of the event so you don't miss the skydiver dropping from the sky, landing right in front of the soda shop and candy store. In the event that Rory is too busy and already belongs to Yale rather than Stars Hollow, and if Kirk, the skydiver, is taken away by a strong wind and can't make an appearance, you should know that the event is still on. Last but certainly not least, when you are at the grand opening, tell Taylor or any of his employees that Talking Fast sent you and you'll get a second cherry on your Sunday with no 25 cent charge. And, and when they are back home, Rory has having second thoughts about like standing up for herself and she asks like, am I changing? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I just want to like shake her by the shoulders or maybe more politely just be like, yes, you are changing. And that's a good thing. Like you are going to Mm -hmm. Yale. You are entering a new phase of your life. And it makes 100% sense that you do not have time for all of these town events anymore. You're going to be in a different town doing a whole different thing. And, like, that's the joy of this season is that you will be mm-hmm. changing, you know? Um, so, yeah. I was like, yes, you are changing, and that is good. Unless, I don't know. Uh-huh. Some people don't <laughs> like the changes, but for now, it's optimistic. <laughs> it's like, who yeah. knows? It's a full possibility of what could happen at college, you know? <laughs> Got to wean yourself off of Stars Hollow at yeah. some point and then just come back later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but while she's feeling guilty, she also decides to check the mail, which... Apparently, they had decided not to check the mail until the end of their last week together, but it turns out to be a very good thing that Rory does because there's a letter in there about orientation, and it ends up that Rory had written the wrong date, which is just flabbergasting to me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> by a whole week, so she's they don't have a whole week before Yale. They only have one day, and she has to move in that week. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine that she didn't double-check the date at some point but I know it's a nice story 
device. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this story device was my Rory's, I mean, not Rory's, it was my gazebo moment, <laughs> which is our nomination for our favorite moment in the episode. The thing you want to go talk to someone about at the gazebo, you know, and I chose it because like as a whole, I really liked this episode, but I did struggle to think of like a standout moment that, you know, I'd want to go like rewatch over and over that gave me like butterflies or something. But um, within like the narrative of this episode, I think this is like a, an interesting choice to take. Like this is really the big shock of like the opener. Like, oh my gosh, she forgot. And like all of a sudden we're so sped up and they made us think we had this like time and this week, but now we don't. And like, um, I don't know. I just thought it was like an interesting choice. I kind of feel like it works well. Like it throws Rory off like, She's so much of a planner and now she kind of just has to react so quickly and Lorelai, like they don't have the time together. And this was sort of the the concern. The final, like last season was building up to like these two have been so tied at the hip and now they're going to be apart. And now all of a sudden it's like they have so much less time than they thought. And it, I don't know, it adds some like drama, I think, mm-hmm. to the whole thing and accelerates like our expectation of well of like, oh my gosh, like, we're going to yell like next episode, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really happening and sooner than anyone thought. So, yeah, I thought it was an interesting yeah. choice to make. What did you think of it? I totally agree. I thought it was kind of like a parallel to the whole what the whole season is about, really, like mm-hmm. the transition and like how it's kind of jarring. Yeah. <laughs> Even if there's been some sort of preparation, it's really jarring for Roy to all of a sudden not be there for Lorelai all the time and vice versa. So I thought it was interesting. It also kind of propelled things forward. Otherwise, we could have easily just felt like we were back in Stars Hollow with nothing yeah, really pressing, you know, just like enjoying things <laughs> like yeah. they were. Um, so it kind of adds the tension in a nice way and like su- suspense and anticipation. Mm-hmm. And, like, another version of the first episode could have been, like, the moving into Yale, if you think about Mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's an interesting choice to pick up in the summer and then also pick up, like, in a surprise of, like, oh, you got to be ready soon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's so much shopping that needs to take place before moving into a dorm. (laughs) So much, which is what they spend the next day doing. Um, they have to, you know, split up some of these tasks as well. Um, yeah, so Rory has to go to the, uh, what is the shop called? I think, I don't remember, but it's like stationery and pens and stuff. A stationery store while Lorelai is going to the beauty shop. (laughs) And this was my Stars Hollow moment. Yeah, I love the consistency of Kirk still working at the beauty shop. Like, I feel like they are more commonly introducing a new job that he's doing, but I like that it's like, oh yeah, he's still working at this job and it just adds to the like the fun of that bit of like how could he possibly be doing all of these new jobs and he's still doing this job too and oh by the way he's closing early because he's gonna go do this other job of skydiving for Taylor um (laughs) it's just so good and it's also like his um competence at every job like he is so good at the beauty shop giving Lorelai advice of like that cream would be too heavy for Rory and for the daytime I recommend a sunscreen like so knowledgeable and um I really love that and then it was like 40 or 50 dollars which I also found relatable because skincare is so expensive (laughs) so yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I thought his recommendations were very like 2020s skincare ideas Mm -hmm. (laughs) because back in the 2000s wearing sunscreen all the time wasn't like having daily facial sunscreen as big of a thing yeah I had part of the scene is my Friday night dinner Mm -hmm. um our Friday night dinner is when we have something we want to critique and sometimes it's something really serious (laughs) and sometimes like today it's something just kind of trivial and that I was a little bit like sad about which is Kirk not getting his gift Mm. and as I had said earlier I really think that 
Lorelai and Rory, if they're going to commit to getting everybody a gift, they have to get everybody a gift. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like taking in treats or something in like second grade. You have or to give one for everybody yeah. or nobody. <laughs> yeah. So if they wanted to give everyone a gift, they needed to get something for Kirk. He's also so much more important to like they interact with him so much more than like Andrew and some of mm-hmm. the other characters who got things. So either get ev- something for everybody or just stick to your family members, please. I was sad I agree. Kirk. We also then, yeah, find out that he, uh, <laughs> through uh, uh, insinuation, we find out that he is the skydiver for Taylor's soda shop grand opening because he tells Lorelai he's closing the shop up early and then he pulls up a big uh, parachute backpack and Lorelai implores him to not do it Mm -hmm. um kirk says that he uh, the skydiving people told him that he's a natural at falling (laughs) which is great (laughs) i love that (laughs) especially because of the one of the last episodes we'd seen about him falling and being crushed by like the coffin and splitting his pants and things like that (laughs) poor kirk poor kirk (laughs) he is Um, always yeah poor guy well speaking of that grand opening this is also when Rory finally gets up. Well, not finally, but earlier when she walked to the stationery store, she had to pass the grand opening and she heard Taylor um, bemoaning the fact that she's not there. There's even a child crying about it. It was quite humorous. And at the time, Rory just kind of like huffs and puffs and walks away. But she gets up the courage to go and defend herself to the crowd in this moment in the scene. And she calls Taylor out for not asking her and says she'll embarrass herself for the town at Thanksgiving. Like, don't worry, I'll still be around. And goes off again, which so I was like, you go, girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, I think, the only time that she, like, goes off like that in front of the town. She does it in Max Medina's English class. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good times. Far back. Good times. <laughs> also, kind of with this... Lorelai and Rory <clears throat> Lorelai and Rory um discussed the dinner that they had promised to have with Emily and Richard mm. and Rory reminds Lorelai that she doesn't have to go she's not obligated to do anything which is like kind of astounding to Lorelai she mm. is a bit taken aback she's like what am I gonna do I don't have to go anytime that I don't want to go <laughs> And she decides that tonight she's going to continue on with all of their errands, which I imagine are still like a million things. Mm -hmm. And Rory will go to Richard and Emily's for dinner, uh, which we know (laughs) and they should have known (laughs) would cause some trouble. Uh, But they seem to pretend that it's not going to be a big deal to Emily. (laughs) It's just naive. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I had mixed feelings about this because... On the one hand, I was thinking this is like exactly what Emily predicted mm-hmm. and told Lorelai would happen. And that was why she was so upset at the end of the last season. And Lorelai was like, no, no, like we'll still see each other. But Lorelai chooses not to go to the first dinner. Like yeah. this isn't just like another one. This is the first one that she skips. And like, how can she not think that's going to set a precedent in Emily's mind of what to expect like Emily expected the worst and now she's getting the worst and the other half of me is like this is totally practical and this is the option that should be available to Lorelai like you shouldn't have to go to your family every Friday especially when you have important things that you need to be doing like Emily kind of scoffs at the idea that Lorelai isn't there because she has errands and chores but like she really does like that is such a good use of her time um so yeah very mixed feelings but I'm also just like how could they not know like I instantly knew you know like this is trouble yeah. uh <laughs> yeah I fully agree I Lorelai definitely shouldn't have to go but they should have known yeah <laughs> They should have had like a plan, like a way to address it or something or like a plan B. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Text Emily. Let her know. (laughs) I'm sure that would go over well. Oh, yeah. Um, When Rory arrives, I gave Emily my Lorelai's closet for this episode. Yay. She's got kind of one of her like classic suits on, but it's a shade of pink that is 
like really good on her. It's like bright pink, but not hot pink. It's just deep enough to be, I don't know, age appropriate if that's such a thing, <laughs> but yeah. to like fit with the rest of her style. Yeah. And I loved it. It also like pink at this moment in time is a big deal because the Barbie movie just came out a few oh, weeks right. ago. You know, pink is We're all the over the place. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually distinctly remember at the start of season three, Emily was looking very gorgeous and I believe also had a notable pink outfit uh. in the f- first few episodes. And I thought the same thing when this one started. I thought she's looking great. And maybe she's like a summer girl, you know, like, yeah, I feel like we think of her as very like um, sophisticated, formal, like suited up kind of in more of Mm -hmm. the like fall palette. But I love when she's wearing this pink. Yeah, Yeah, I love her and like the pinks and the blues, I think, Mm -hmm. are my favorite of the things that she wears or the sparkly thing. She's got a lot of sparkle stuff. And the red (laughs) outfit from the fashion show, of course. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And her renewal, um, her vow renewal outfit as well. Oh, yeah. I just love her hair in that outfit. It's so cool. Yeah. That day will come. (laughs) In a a while, but it will come. (laughs) Next year, maybe. Is that season five, six? Five, because it's before Logan. It's as Logan and Rory are getting together. That is got to be five. That's the first time they kiss and what? Anyway, we'll get there. I think it's five. (laughs) Um. So as Rory goes to the dinner, meets Emily in her nominated outfit, Rory offers her the souvenir that Lorelai and her got, which is an Eiffel Tower. Later, we learn they got a pipe for Richard. Very fitting gifts all around, I think. The the pipe is my Rory's bookshelf because they got it in Copenhagen. Mm. And I know the pipe store that they would have gotten it at in Copenhagen because I lived there for a little while and in the old city center of Copenhagen there are a few pipe shops but there's one that's like got a long legacy and I remember walking past it so many times and just staring at the pipes and it has to be a reference to that Mm. pipe store I don't remember the name of it but I can picture it in my mind (laughs) that's so cool I feel like that means like another a writer on the show had a similar experience Mm -hmm. you know yeah they must have included it that's really cool yeah the less the less cool thing is that Emily is clearly upset when Rory mentions Lorelai won't be there when they're like on their way to go to dinner I don't know how Emily does this, but she manages to set like the Eiffel Tower next to a photo of Rory and Lorelai so angrily, like (laughs) just like or the way she's looking at the photo. She's so resentful, um, like the whole Lorelai thing not being there. I think this must be the moment internally where she concocts her plan to hold Rory hostage, (laughs) which we learn as dinner unfolds. Emily's clearly lashing out at Lorelai by taking a European approach supposedly to dinner where she doesn't put a souffle in the oven when dinner starts but when dinner ends and it apparently takes a while to cook. She's got a cheese plate and she's also got all of these ballroom tapes recorded that she's going to have Rory watch from the very beginning and yeah, we all know what's happening here. (laughs) Are those taped ballroom dance competitions from because of the time that Lorelai bought her a DVD and like uh yeah brought over like a DVD player and stuff so that she could record her dance shows I think that she already had them because some of them were from so long ago oh so maybe just but I think that she's able to watch them so easily now because of the Mm -hmm. Thing, I would think they should have like mentioned that that would have been a really yeah. good throwback ironic that it's Lorelai's fault that <laughs> yeah this can happen and they said like she mentions like we can go in the den that we never use but did mm-hmm. Lorelai get that for her to like go in the bedroom or was it the den I don't yeah. remember really I don't remember just like something to do when Richard's not there yeah well if I was a better podcaster I'd remember (laughs) but it's been so long since we watched that episode I know because we're watching so slowly (laughs) I know but hey at least we remembered that it happened at all (laughs) Mm -hmm. um also happening in the mean meanwhile uh, I guess in the meanwhile I like (laughs) that (laughs) back at home Luke is helping Lorelai 
pack a whole bunch of stuff into his truck, which we'll see a lot in the next episode. I distinctly I remember, remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, including a mattress, which will also be a big plot point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Lorelai finally gets it out of Luke what happened on the cruise, which was very eventful for him. She asks him if he proposed. He says yes. She reacts <laughs> very surprised. And then he says, there's more. And <laughs> she asks, what What more? He got married. <laughs> and of course, she's surprised by that as well. And then he's like, but there's more. <laughs> and she's like starting to kind of spiral. Like, what is she pregnant? Blah, blah, blah. And Luke is just like, no, we're getting divorced. Mm. So we don't know exactly what has happened yet between him and Nicole, but it has been a lot. And kind of interesting information for Lorelai to get especially when we know that in her mind she's like pining after Luke in her own way even if she won't admit it and to get all of this information at once is a lot um but also the like light at the end of the tunnel that he's getting divorced so yeah I thought this was a super interesting development for Luke and I have to imagine at the time I was very surprised by this as well when I learned about it. Um, And it's like, I don't know. He just was so slow to like commit to Nicole. He always seemed to kind of like have one foot out the door in a way. Mm -hmm. Like he could barely decide if he would commit to going on a cruise for her. So the the surprise and the iron like, oh my gosh, he's the one who ended up just suddenly getting married. And I almost wish like they wouldn't have mentioned like the divorce part immediately because it would have kind of been nice for Lorelai to have to think of like the oh my god he's like really gone now like he's actually married or have like Luke or Nicole one of them like want to stay married while the other doesn't I almost feel like they could have stretched out the storyline more Mm -hmm. and they do like use it in an interesting way but um it's also like fun and surprising and like unexpected from him that it's like wow yeah <laughs> I'm with Lorelai like I need away. to sit down <laughs> yeah yeah of all the characters to get like swept up in the romance Luke is not the one we'd expect do you think uh, like so we know they were drunk but why do you think Luke did get swept up like because my theory would be know. the whole like he had that dream about Lorelai before going mm-hmm. and is maybe doing the reactionary like complete 180 like no, I can't have her. So, like, it's all Nicole. And then in yeah. the, like, drunken moment, he's like, let's get married. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I can't think of another reason. <laughs> it's just, like, so out of left field, really. And Nicole is such, like, a practical, like, yeah. smart person. It's hard to imagine her as well, like, getting swept away. I can only, like, think of, like, the... It's like they have to be like physically removed from Lorelai and Stars Hollow to like mm-hmm. actually have a relationship that could last. And then yeah. the minute they're on ground, it's like, nope, you can't work in Stars <laughs> Hollow and with Lorelai around. Like that's not the world where this can exist. Yeah, that's true. So weird. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to have like a spinoff episode, but that would just be, that would be strange. It would have been be fun interesting though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so after this conversation... Lorelai gets a phone call from Rory and this is my Friday night dinner critique. It's also not for something too serious uh, in the episode, but I think it's an interesting contrast to earlier when Rory was able to stand up for herself against Mm -hmm. Taylor and the town. And then we see a very different thing going on with Rory here where she realizes clearly she's being held by held hostage by Emily and calls for Lorelai's help. And Lorelai immediately recognizes that it's about Lorelai. Um, sometimes Lorelai thinks things are about her when they're not, but this is actually a case where like, yeah, it's yeah. definitely about Lorelai. Um, and Lorelai says like, I will come help. And Rory like wants her to do this and like tells her to hurry or something like that. And this is just another moment of like Rory why don't you realize what will happen if you have Lorelai come pick you up? Yeah, like, gonna clearly they're going to blow up in a fight about this. And why can't you actually communicate your needs and wants with your grandparents? Like, mm-hmm. you should be the one to say, I've spent hours with you. Like, now it's time for me to go. Like, yeah. she stood up to them at the end of the season 
when she told them, like she told Emily she was being stupid. She was brave enough to ask them for this like contract deal. Like, why not just simply say, <laughs> I'm going home now, you know? Yeah. But instead she like just leans into this whole Lorelai saving her thing. And as, um, as Lorelai later says to Emily when they're fighting, she says, Rory won't ask because she doesn't want to hurt your feelings. And Emily says, because she knows you will come along to do it for her. And I feel like that is the epitome of the like bad side of the Lori- the Rory and Lorelai relationship. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many good things about them. But the other thing is this like reliant, dependent thing where Lorelai is overstepping in Rory's relationships and handling so much for her. And it's like, girl, just like, you're going to college. Do it on your own. Just tell yeah. your grandma, like, gotta go home now. <laughs> like, Seriously. Uh, yeah. She also has the best excuse. Like, the next morning, she's moving into her dorm. Yeah. Like, I want to go get home sleep. and get, a, yeah, get some <laughs> sleep. Pack. Yeah. I totally agree that codependent relationship is. And I feel like in the next episode, we'll see it also in, like, kind of a touching way. Yeah. But still potentially an issue. <laughs> you know. But we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that more next week. But I have thoughts yeah. as well on that. <laughs> I also wanted to point out before we get to the final scene, as Lorelai is leaving the house, we see <laughs> Kirk stumbling out of the bushes covered in like twigs and branches and ripped clothes. And all he says is strong wind. <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> Turns out he did skydive. Yeah, that, oh. that moment where he look he has like the leaves and stuff that make him look like he crashed. And then also earlier when Rory and Lorelai were wearing those backpacks for such a long time in the episode, mm-hmm. it had me thinking about like Valerie, who we had our interview with oh, yeah. um, at the end of the summer. And oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her title. Set costume. Uh, key costume. Key, key costumer? Set. set? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, as you recall, if you listen, she was in charge for like making sure the costumes looked right and all of that. And this just had me thinking about like her having to like make sure they had the backpacks on in the right way. And they look certain ways in different scenes, you know, and then like Kirk, like keeping those leaves just right and all of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, it was cool just having the knowledge of like her role. And then looking at some of the costumes that would have to be maintained in this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, a complicated. Like every time that we have a continuity error that we point out, now I'm like, now <laughs> I have a different perspective. I'm like, uh, there's so much to keep track of. Uh, they're doing their <laughs> so much best, coordination. <laughs> I know. And they have to like coordinate with the props, everybody else, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. Be more forgiving. <laughs> okay. We. See, before Lorelai arrives that Rory and Emily are watching these ballroom dancing competition competition recordings. And this is my Rory's bookshelf because they're talking about Corky and Shirley Ballas, who were professional dancers. And I am a fan of Dancing with the Stars. And one of the popular pro dancers on that show is Mark Ballas, and he is their son. So... It's all connected. Um, Yeah, I like I'm not as dedicated as Emily. Like I don't watch film of like competitions, but I do really enjoy Dancing with the Stars. And I know like a weird amount of information about it, (laughs) even though it doesn't come up that much. I feel like it's me and my grandma (laughs) that I know that watch that show, you know. I know. I tried. Yeah, yeah. You tried when uh, Gabby the Bachelorette was on, right? And she's really good. Yeah. But some fun facts about Mark Ballas and ballroom stuff. He is known for these like really creative and artistic dances on the show. And he's been, he's like won several times, most recently with TikToker Charlie D'Amelio. He's also been paired with Olympians like Christy Yamaguchi and Sean Johnson. And then... To demonstrate the breadth of like celebrities that go on Dancing with the Stars, he's also been paired with Kim Kardashian and <laughs> Bristol Palin. So like, not even Sarah Palin, but her daughter wow. Bristol Palin. Like, I can't for some reason I just can't imagine Kim Kardashian dancing. She was really bad, actually. I have watched some clips of it. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, one of my favorite seasons is when he was with Lindsay Sterling, who the like viol- viol- violinist who also like oh. 
dances or whatever. They were really good. Yeah, um, I imagine. And then he finished third in my favorite season um, where Meryl Davis and Maxim Shmirkovsky won. And I think that was, like, the first and only time I've shipped, like, real-life people. Like, <laughs> I was so in love with them. And their pairing was just, like, the most beautiful thing. Like, they seemed so in love. Like, they formed such a deep connection. And it didn't end up being, like, a romance. But still, it was, like, lovely to see. <laughs> and I still occasionally, like Emily, will go back and just watch, like, a compilation of all of Max and Meryl's dances. And even, like, the little packages before the dances where they're just, like, practicing and talking and stuff like that I just love I love that so I am a ballroom dancer fan and this connection was Mark Ballas to Corky and Shirley Ballas and my connection with Emily and fangirling over ballroom <laughs> dancing cool, cool. I mm-hmm. can't say I've ever gotten into it but I don't dislike it so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also have a nomination at the end of this scene which is after Lorelai arrives of course there's a big fight between her and Emily um, while Emily was holding Rory hostage down watching the videos Richard went to bed <laughs> like a reasonable person <laughs> yeah which is just like the nail in the coffin for just how kind of ridiculous Emily was being and all of a sudden Lorelai just starts cracking up she's just laughing she's got like the jet lag has gotten to her the stress of all of the stuff that they've had to do before Yale has gotten to her and she's just mm-hmm. laughing about everything, uh, which kind of allows us to also laugh about the ridiculousness of the situation because yeah. it is funny. Yeah. And it does like diffuse the conflict. Yeah. Thankfully. In the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then after this um, is my gazebo moment, the closing shot for the episode when... Rory and Lorelai are finally having their biscotti night while watching the ballroom dancing tapes and Emily is like curled up on the chair next to them (laughs) falling asleep and they're still getting to have their time together Mm -hmm. and it's still you know quality time wholesomeness and just like the last quiet before the storm of moving into Yale and everything yeah and they're like tomorrow's a big day and it's like an understatement yeah such a big change I know we're going to college I know (laughs) I can like I can barely remember just how how big it was to go to college I was like in a very different relationship to my family than Rory Mm -hmm. is to Lorelai at the beginning of college though I was like I was ready to go but also scared shitless (laughs) yeah yeah all right well Well, we made it through our first recap back okay and (laughs) Before we forget, who was your MVP for the episode? I had trouble picking one because I thought everybody kind of had a standout episode. All their little scenes were good. But I decided to pick Luke because he had the most ridiculous summer. He had the most (laughs) big news and stuff. And he also had that great moment of just sticking his hand in all the candy, uh, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) Who was your MVP? You know, it's hard. Um... Because, like, on the one hand, I do want to give it to Rory, but her, like, whole... I gave her my critique, though, and I feel like that Mm -hmm. kind of is a point against her. So I think I will go with Lorelai, even though she does kind of get in that blow-up fight with Emily at the end. Um, I mean, what else could we expect, right? But, like, Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, like, admirable of her that... She is, like, handling Rory going away as, like, that's such a huge thing for her. But she's handling it pretty well. Like, she learned that, like, she's getting substantially less time instead of, like, wallowing or something. Like, I'm sure this is really sad and emotional for her. But she's mostly, like, really quick to adapt and, like, make the most of their time together. And she's able also to, like, support Suki a little bit and then also get the gossip from Luke. So, like... Yeah, good for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next. Obviously, we know, but <laughs> it's exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm so excited to, like, enter our college era mm-hmm. with Rory. And, yeah. you know, even though he won't be in the show, <laughs> Logan is somewhere floating around in those Howard yeah. halls, His having sex there. and going to parties <laughs> and not going to class, all of that stuff. So <laughs> True. You will see him soon. Yeah, in spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we go, don't forget to 
rate and review us, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot if you give us a review on there. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Past Podcast. And oh, you can uh, email us your thoughts at talking to Talking Past Podcast at gmail dot com. And we have Sorry, a Patreon. I the spiel. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to listen ad free, you can join us on Patreon for our five dollar tier. Uh, like a just look up club. Talking Past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have it all going on pretty much. So yeah, come and find um, us. Come we're taking us. we're taking feedback. If you have any ideas of things you want to see from us, especially on Patreon, we'd love to hear your ideas. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Totally. All right. Well, talk <sighs> soon. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.